This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Atlanta, what's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. The dogs have a new coordinator. Mike, I said, keep your hands off my monkin. It didn't happen. The Ravens get their guy. And it is big news today as we get started. We will certainly talk about the debacle that the Hawks were last night. It's why they're not going anywhere. But we'll get to that. Mike, this whole thing with Todd Munkin, and we just heard Randy McMichael say, it's a big deal, it's not the biggest deal. I think it's the biggest deal. Mike, you're, you're losing a coordinator who arguably over the last few seasons was the best play caller in college football. I know we're familiar with Mike Bobo. Right. But that doesn't mean that Mike Bobo's the right hire. I know that Kirby is familiar with Mike Bobo. It doesn't mean that Mike Bobo's the, the right hire. Mike, you remember when we went through this with the Falcons? And Dan Quinn was like, yeah, we're just going to bring in a guy to call Shanahan's plays. Right. I don't know if Mike Bobo is going to try to do the same things that Todd yeah, Munkin did. But, I mean, you know. But, but, let me finish. But, the deal for me is, I think Bobo is a guy that's known and feels comfortable to Kirby. And so most dog fans feel like, all right, it's the best thing. I don't know that, Mike. I'm not going to say that it is. I'm sorry to cut you off. This is not Dirk Cutter 2.0. This is not Dirk Cutter 2.0. I think you go back, and I think I've looked – I look back at some of the things that I tweeted about, and I look back at the stats this morning because we were talking about, you know, the Bobo hire. I think, you know, when you look at a coordinator every single game, and that's your team, you're always going to have a beef. That's, you know, you're always close to it, and you belly, well, he should have run here, and why did, why did he do this on third down in the red zone? I think when you look at it, Georgia under Mark Richt was Auburn under Gene Chizik. Mm. There was less margin for error because the team wasn't as good and wasn't as well built. And I'm just going to use that as a, as a starting off point. I think this time you've got a defense which is lights out. The recruiting is better. Hell, they spend more than anybody on recruiting. The facilities are better. And if you go back, for instance, 2012, Bobo's best offense. That was a 1,000-yard year for Todd Gurley. That was 36 touchdowns for Aaron Murray. That defense gave up 350 yards rushing to Alabama and was bad. It was averaging 189 yards a game in rushing allowed. I just think under this, this set of circumstances, Georgia is on a much better place. So, yeah, if Bobo does something that bothers you, there won't be as much pressure on the offense to put up 40 this time. But he did have a good offense. I just think we've become – because everything was on a razor's edge with Mark Richt, it made Bobo's mistakes that much bigger magnified. Okay, that's fair. How's that sound? So what you're telling me, this is more of a function of our dislike for Bobo and his play calling. It's a function more of Mark Rick than it is right. the actual coach who was calling the plays and making things happen. Listen, Connor Riley said this, and he's going to join us at 4 o'clock. 
that when Bobo was here over the course of years that he was the calling the plays, this team was averaging a lot of points. Mm. They just weren't winning chips. Right. So, again, every time you're coming up short, we're always looking for somebody to blame. The only thing I'm saying about this mm. is it's always easy to hire somebody in the building because it's easy. It doesn't mean it's the right hire. And that's all mm. I'm going to say. If, if the dogs don't win a chip, but let's just say, Mike, next season, they're doing dog things offensively and they're averaging 48 a game. Right. That's not Mike Bobo's fault. That's, that's not the offense. If there's a drop in production, if the quarterback play is not as good, and I know you're losing Stetson Bennett who's been there, but the fact is one thing that Munkin did is he made, he made uh, Stetson Bennett better. I need to see Todd Bobo make these guys better. And I know some guys have played for him. You mentioned, you know, guys in the past that had great careers. I just don't know if you slide somebody in. And this is the point I was making earlier. It wasn't it – was, I wasn't thinking about uh, uh, who came in here. Um, Cheney? No, no, no. For the Falcons we were talking oh, about. Oh, uh, Dirk Cutter. Uh, Kurt Cutter. I was thinking about uh, the guy that came before him that oh, came in. Oh, Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. And he never run a Shanahan about. offense. And, and it was just like, oh, well, the offense is so mm. good, we can yeah. just throw anybody yeah. in there. The same thing applies in college, guys. Mm. I know we feel like Georgia's rolling, and they are – but this is a big deal. Right. And look, and you said it. I know that, uh, you know, some Alabama fans, they're not as compelled by the Kevin Steele hire. You know, and uh, I just think you, you can look at the program and say this time everything is better. It's bigger. When out, when Georgia was under Mark Rick, not a knock on Rick, just the way it was. You had like a five to one chance to win the East. You weren't as, you know, you, you struggled at times in Tennessee. You lost games you weren't supposed to. Kirby's teams don't lose games they're not supposed to. And I just felt... This time around, I think Bobo a little bit wiser. I would and, agree. I would agree. I, 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 and I think, but the only thing is the baseline with Stetson Bennett. We don't. We've never seen Carson Beck in these situations. We've never seen Brock Vandegrift in these situations. So, but he did do a great job with Matthew Stafford. Did a great job with Aaron Murray. Murray was great. So I think you know there's some history there too. What do you guys think? Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. Do you get what Mike's saying about Bobo and the dislike or the the way that we feel? It's kind of unfair, is what he's telling you. Because Georgia wasn't – Kirby has turned it into his version of Alabama. It's Georgia, obviously, but it's run like a Saban thing. Mark Rick's teams were never run that way. There was always stupid special teams mistakes, dumb, undisciplined penalties. All that stuff came part and parcel with those Mark Rick years, and Bobo, I think, maybe bears the brunt of some of that. That's just when I look back at it. And that's, that's, I think it's a perfect point. I really do. And I think that's why some of you feel the way you do when you heard today, not Bobo again. <laughs> I, I don't want Bobo. Here's what I'm going to tell you, just like I do with all these coaches. When Coach Art got the job, right, when LP got the job, when Nate took the job, it doesn't matter. Pick your sport. I'm going to give him a shot we got to give him a chance to see how this looks, what's going to happen. And if the, the, the thing, Mike, about this is if the Georgia offense, again, if there's fall off, and I mean that only from a, a point production standpoint, guys, if they get back to the SEC championship game, everybody's doing their job, right? At the end of the day, that's, it, that's, how it, that's what it's going to come down to. But the reason why you believe Georgia could win a national championship the last two years, and the biggest thing I doubted the last two years was were they going to have the offense to do it? We are in a college era that you have to score a lot of points, okay? Ohio State does it. Alabama does it. Georgia does it. Talk about the teams. Hell, TCU did it until they met Georgia right. in, the, in the finals. So 
This is where we are. You have to have an offense that is stout, consistent, and scoring a lot of points. And that was the only thing. They answered that question. Will they answer yeah. it with Mike Bobo? But, yeah, as, as we said, you know, he, he was a guy that put up 40, you know, teams averaged 40 points. That 2012, I went back, I looked at all the numbers from 2012, and that's where the defense, guys, Todd Grantham's, we said to start the segment, Todd Grantham's defense let Alabama run for 350 yards. A.J. McCarron only threw for less, like, under, under 200 yards in that game. Because your defense was just so one-dimensional. And I just think they're better. Must champ in the staff. They're be- they've got a better staff. Everything is I, – I, I hate to repeat myself, Carl. Everything is better. <laughs> Everything is more in place to make this run. But I get it because people looked at Bobo, and I think you, you looked at all those things I mentioned that used to happen. Mark Rick's team – we're good almost every other year to lose one or two games. They should – no business losing. Like the South Carolina That's games. Right. Always be some stupid special team screw up. And Spurrier would score 14 points and beat him in Athens. Things like that. That doesn't happen on Kirby's watch. So the way that you're stating it, though, and I do agree with you about your point about why we feel the way we do about Bobo, mm-hmm. but the way you're stating it is that you can put anybody in there because things are so much better <laughs> all the way around that you can just throw anybody in there. Dukes and Bell are out. Just put another show in. I don't know if that works, Mike. Well, I, he, I, that's all he, I'm saying. But he is a statistically. If you look at the num- look at the numbers, he was always one or two in the SEC. Sometimes one or two in the nation offensively, and now you've got better pieces. Now it's even better. You know, because in the old days, you know, you, got, no, you had Matthew and you had no Sean Moreno. We talked about it, the Todd Gurley. The 2012 team, that was, the, that was Mark Rick's best chance to win a championship, and the defense let him down. It wasn't Mike Bobo. All right, guys. <clears throat> what do you think? 404-741-0929. Hit us up on our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line as we talk about this today. It's transition. Listen, Kirby got this right with the last guy, and he may get it right with this hire, right? With the guy that's in the building, he trusts, he knows. All I know is Nick Saban's gotten it right a whole lot. Every time somebody's left, he's been like, no problem. Let's keep moving. Let's keep grinding. We'll find our way back to a championship. And they have. And so for me, this is a big deal only because you're on top. And if there's any slippage or fall off, Mike, who do you think's gonna gonna be oh, yeah. the guy that they point the finger? Oh, at? totally. I mean, you know where this is going. The, the thing is, because he is part of that, that's why you know you guys getting upset about Stacey Searles being hired. That goes back to the Mark Richter era. I think you got to, guys, you got a better built machine and you got to get over your Rick angst, okay? Because <laughs> that's what this is. This is more about my, Mark Rick than it is Mike Bubble in my mind. You like I said, Dukes and Bell out and throw yeah. somebody else in there. But you like, can't. You can't do that. That's why I threw it out there. All right, coming up, <laughs> we're going to talk with Chuck Smith, Super Bowl 57. The thing that Chuck talked about, boy. It didn't happen, mm. and we got to find out why because everybody thought it was going to happen. Find out next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This is Jim Rome. Last Friday, we were out at Hooters, Buford location, and Chuck came and hung out with us. Chuck Smith, Dr. Rush, uh, you can follow him on social media. Works with various pass rushers around the NFL and uh, does some great work. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. So we'll be talking a lot about some of the guys he's working with, getting them ready. But, Chuck, let's, let's talk about this Super Bowl because we said Friday at Hooters, you know, this defense and how dominant they were, and we're talking about the Eagles. How were they neutralized the way that they were, Chuck? I mean, to not have a sack? Yeah, I know, surprisingly. But, you know, I give uh, Kansas City a lot of credit. Let me just tell you, number one, the first thing that Kansas City did, they ran the ball with Pacheco. And he not only did he run the ball, he ran it, I mean, with fury. You could see that. And the offensive line, what they did a good job, they were double-teaming the Eagles and knocking them back. This is just man-o-man-o, let me just put my shoulders down and who's going to knock each other back. 
So give them a lot of credit there from the Eagles versus the run. But also, I tell you, from a pass first standpoint, inside, the inside of the Kansas City Chiefs, it wasn't quite as dominant as you would think. But let me tell you where they really, the Chiefs really took advantage. And from a scheme standpoint, it started with Reddick and Sweat on the edges. The Chiefs use what we call is double chip blocks early in the game. They had their fullback in and they had their running backs in in the split back situation. So anytime they would throw the ball, the tackle would set back and the running back, a chip block is where the defensive lineman is unprotected, but that's a whole other story for the NFL rules committee. But, he's, but the point is, he's coming off the corner and they chip block him. Mm-hmm. And what that does, let me just try to break this down. Just see if you can visualize this with me for, for the listeners. Imagine if you're jogging. Two people are jogging, Carl, Mike, right? And you're just jogging and there's someone passing you. Then all of a sudden, as you just get, they just all of a sudden hit you with the shoulder as you're jogging. That's kind of what, so what you're seeing is the defensive ends are coming up field. They're focused on the offensive tackle. And then an offense in the running back puts his shoulder in your, in your hip and in your kidney, man, and knocks the crap out of you. And what that did, it drew those pressures closer to the tackles. So really good scheme. But the chip block, listen, the chip block, and number one, it's a cheap shot, but it is absolutely <laughs> the great equalizer. Yeah, I'm a pass rusher. You can hear that. Right. But it is the great equalizer on slowing them down. And they were physical. You watch Pacheco hitting those hitting – chip blocking on sweat and look at them what they were doing they weren't just trying to chip them they were they were trying to bring violent intentions to those guys you know chuck one of the things and I, there's really nothing you can do about this now but at the field carl and i spent a lot of time yesterday talking about it. i watched some of the video again this morning and there's edge rushers on one a couple of mahomes uh, big plays both edge rushers fall down and so that I mean leverage is an issue and you can't get traction i guess you can't do your job Man, it was terrible. It, that is the single – it was atrocious. It was embarrassing. And I'm hearing they were doing that field for like two years. They were showing it all in the pregame. They were rolling it outside. Y'all seen the videos that I saw. They were rolling it inside. They were highlighting it. But that was a huge factor in both teams' pass rush. So both of these teams, there wasn't rush. But if you look at uh, George Loftus, if you look at Frank Clark, Chris Jones, you look at Riddick, all the guys that were rushing, they were slipping. And then you're starting to see the guys, they were somewhat turning the bull rushers because they couldn't corner no more. Mm-hmm. So the, the field definitely had a role in both teams' ability to truly corner and generate a good pass rush. Chuck Smith joining us here on Dukes and Bell. All right, so as you look at the other side in the Kansas City defense, listen, it's 35 38 mm-hmm. the final score, right? But, yeah. but you got to give credit to Jalen Hurts and the way that he played. But even as impactful as the Chiefs' defense had been, I-, I thought he did a great job of finding the holes. He was the only guy able to run the ball, though, Chuck. The Chiefs literally took the running game away, right? Well, the Chiefs did, did an excellent job stopping the run. But no matter what, Jalen Hurts made plays. And to me, when I'm watching that first half, I'm sitting there with some of my partners. I'm like, this could be a route at some point. It could, I mean, when you look at how it was early on now, if Kansas City doesn't really, if their offense isn't clicking, I mean, the Eagles were rolling first half. It wasn't even close. But then Jalen Hurts has a fumble. Because at that time, before Jalen Hurts has that fumble, I'm like, man, Eagles, shoot, man, they might put up a big number on them, even though we know Mahomes can come back. But there was nothing 
in that first half, the way the Eagles were controlling the ball, that said Kansas City, it might change. You know, but that Jalen Hurts turnover, Carl, to me, that was the big change. Because at that time, remember, Kansas City's not exactly celebrating big plays and success on the sideline. Now, it was a scoop and score, and that's instant, that's instant offense right yeah. there, man. That's six points. We, talk, mm-hmm. we mentioned that yesterday, too. It's big Chuck Smith, guys, as yep. we're kind of doing the postmortem on the Super Bowl. How big is it the Eagles losing both their OC and their DC to head coaching jobs, one going to Indy, one going to Phoenix? Major, because you get a cohesiveness when you look at the defense. I mean, listen, the coordinator, he's done a good job. Now, he should have sent a little more pressure. That's for a whole other story. But. I mean, when you lose those coaches, they're the cohesive that you have on championship teams. And, you know, teams change for year in and year out. But then you move to the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot to be said about Jalen Hurts' development. And it says a lot about what the NFL and folks think about those two coordinators, that they snatched them right up. And it's not easy to just plug and play, guys. So it, there are going to be some challenges there. And the Eagles, I mean, it's good for the coordinators, but it's not going to help for the team moving forward. Chuck, do you think by the way that uh, these two teams have gone about their business, does it change anything? Listen, it's a copycat league, right? Yeah. They go, yeah, we want to do what they did. You know, are the Falcons looking at how maybe they approach the offseason differently because you see how these two teams were built? Do you think that's playing out across the league? Absolutely. And let me just say this. The Kansas City offense is the most creative offense in my opinion, in NFL history. Mm. You show me somebody that diagrams. You show me somebody that has the misdirection, the the tricky plays, the new age things that work, and a lot of them are quick passes. And I think if you're you're the Falcons, how do you not? Because remember, they're not exactly throwing 80-yard bombs. They're using short game. They're using motion. And you look at the two touchdowns they had in that second half, bro, from when they were in the red zone, they're wide open. No one's even close. That was scheme. And also, now if you're the Eagles, but one thing that I will say, the Falcons, their blueprint from a running game, the Eagles like to run the ball. The Falcons already have that. But you, how can you not? How can you not replicate, you know, the success, the, the movement? And you ain't going to get Patrick Mahomes. But the creativity from Andy Reid, mm. it's something that I'm, I've never seen. And I don't think if there's anybody else out there that can – tell me that anything different got to show me i need receipts <laughs> <laughs> yeah we talked so much about shanahan and you know carl and i we were talking yesterday about the way they use motion the way they get the matchups for kelsey because you know mm. and he said it last week how do you get so open kelsey goes andy Reid, and you just touched on it i mean it's sometimes there's a see as a defensive i think we always think well they make those adjustments at halftime well maybe kansas city just as you said they just simply started chipping and uh, the eagles just maybe didn't play a team like kansas city all season I don't think so. And just looking at what they were doing, guys, I mean, it was phenomenal. They, they Listen, they went split backs. Then they, look, they went split backs, sent Pacheco like he was going to run a sweep and gave the fullback a dive for a first down. You don't see that. Who? I mean, it's just super creative. I and mean, it was kind of like a throwback play. But you know what, y'all, I, I just – it's so amazing where the impact of college football on the NFL – I mean, guys, Patrick Mahomes ain't running nothing but what he ran in college. I mean, that's, that's why – So, and I know I'm kind of bouncing a little bit. That's why I believe Todd Munkin's going to have success at Baltimore. Yeah. I'm coming and running that stuff, that quick stuff like Georgia's running. You know, that spread open that they started doing with Stetson and moving and all that creative stuff with uh, 
with the tight ends and things like that, I think that's a good hire. I think now more teams got to go that way. And, and, and the Eagles, I just heard the Eagles uh, coordinators, they said, uh, so what's your offense going to be like? He said, I'm going to run the win game and I'm going to throw for points. And y'all know I used to always say that. We got to throw for points and run for toughness. I love that philosophy in the NFL. If you're going to win a championship, you're not going to run the ball 30 times in the game. You got to have someone that can be creative. And I think that's the, the new era of what you see in Kansas City. And I hope the Falcons can replicate it. I mean, from the, but I know that's not Arthur's MO, but we've seen a lot of coaches make changes also if they're, you know, trying to improve production. But that's, you know, going to be interesting how the Falcons, how their passing game develops this year. Yeah, Chuck, it kind of gets us to what Mike and I have been talking about. And, and you know, we're trying to be careful about this because I don't want to criticize Desmond Ritter because I haven't seen enough of him, right? I mean, if this was three years in and we had seen a real sample space, you know, you can be a little bit more critical. It's hard for me to say he's not going to be able to do some of the things you're talking about. But then it's hard for me to say that he will be able to. And the reality is, how much does he get you excited about where this team is going, to your point about the offense, right? When you start saying, hey, the offense is going to be great, we know we run the ball well. I get it. Um, The defense has to improve, but you still need a dynamic dude. I mean, it's been proven. You need a guy that's just a difference maker. And the only way you find that out, like Eagles fans today, they're not worried about their quarterback. That's the last nope. thing they're worried about right now because you know the season has played out. He was the best guy in the league outside of Mahomes, and more importantly, he's a dynamic guy. Chuck, we don't know about that about our guy. I know, right? And Carl, I'm a defensive guy in all these years. Defense wins championships? No. <laughs> no. Hey. Yeah. And if we listen – Falcon fans, unless Desmond Ritter becomes one of them, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, even a Lamar Jackson, we ain't getting there. This is diff- this this NFL is different. You got to have one of those. Now, my thing is, from what I see, we got a little sample size. And Mike, you might not want to hear this because I know you used to always talk about I want more, I want more. Desmond Ritter's coming into this season basically as a rookie with a little bit of playing time. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's because you're starting from scratch. He, you know, so now if it, him being the guy, and here, here's the one thing that defines what I see from Patrick Mahomes in this game and Josh Allen is not comparing them to Desmond Ritter, but this is the kind of stuff you want to see. Patrick Mahomes about three times in the third quarter, the Eagles actually collapsed the pocket. There were uh, Kansas City offensive linemen all on his feet. There were the, the edge guys for the Eagles got rushed. Patrick Mahomes dipped. He danced to the left. Mm-hmm. Then he took off two or three times. The average quarterback, he's going to find a way to fall. And that's the kind of plays those guys make. And they do it consistently. Desmond Ritter, I'm pulling for the cat. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a Falcon fan. We all in this together. But the, the most important person on this team, it ain't our tight end. Ain't going to be the running game. It ain't even the defense now. We're going to have to score points, and that quarterback for us to win a Super Bowl, he has to become a superstar at that position. And this, he can't be a game manager no more. We need a superstar, and I hope Desmond Ritter 
hoping the next year or two he can become that guy. We did the math on it uh, earlier today. Uh, in his first year, it hurts because remember that team was kind of really nothing at, at uh, play, yeah. no playmakers, nothing really good as far as right. wide receiver. He threw the ball about 35, 40 more times than uh, Desmond got to this year, mm-hmm. and then they added pieces. Now, I guess the one thing, Chuck, that would help all that, if we get some upgrades at parts of the offensive line, then you know he'll be able to do some of those things with all the way to healthy pits, Drake London. You know that's that mm-hmm. seems like a pretty good recipe for a young man to be successful. Oh, I love Pitts. I love London. You're right. Offensive line, we already got it. We know they can run the ball. And I think from the standpoint of that young nucleus, there's something there. And, again, it starts with that quarterback. But I think the Falcons, I think they got to realize at this point, you got to be able to air the ball out, you know, Mm. Mike. And defensively, Mm. I mean, I'm going to tell you this, it helps the offense to have a good defense to practice against. So we got some work to do. They got some work to do from that standpoint. So, you know, I think, you know, we're in a tough situation. Everybody wants to win now. But this is Arthur Smith's third year. He's done a good job with his draft. He's a solid guy. They got a new defensive coordinator. And they did well last year. In my opinion, they exceeded expectations. But this year, this is the third year. You in a a conference full of suckers, man. These cats in this conference can't – in our division – I'm sorry, in our division, some, these cats are – it's a weak division. So, but again, you know, every year it changes. But I think the Falcons have the bones. Now they just got to add more bones to it. Chuck, great stuff, man, as always. Looking forward to the offseason, um, you know, hearing who you're working with and more importantly – uh, combine okay. stuff and all the things that we'll be looking at because we, you know, off season's here now for everybody and more importantly for our Falcons. Hey man, get us out of here, Chuck. All right, all right guys, live life every day like it's third and eight. Happy Valentine's to you guys. Y'all better have got your wives a card and something more than just some flowers. I'm with you, Roger. That happy Valentine's, man, uh, and to all of our listeners as well. Hope you're taking care of the person that is that special person in oh, your life. Publix was like a, a war zone today, guys. Everybody running and getting flowers. The card rack. I heard Steak and Sandra talking about it. The same thing. I witnessed it in Tyrone. I got my flowers though. I got you. Got to get it in, baby. All right, man. Coming up. And by the way, you heard Chuck talk about this superstar thing. It's why I said mm-hmm. I'd make the trade. I know you guys don't like it, but if you want to get good immediately, that's what's what you do. If not, Mike, we risk mm. seeing what this is and being right back in the same but place. But Jalen Hurts showed you patience with the Eagles. Build around him. Guy took him to a Super Bowl. We can do the same thing with Ritter if we do it right. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about what's going on with our Hawks. And there ain't too much. It's Dukes and Bell. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks to Chuck Smith for stopping by. Mike and I were just having this conversation about Desmond Ritter. We'll talk more about it coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. If you're just joining us, Todd Munkin leaves the University of Georgia. He is taking the Ravens offensive coordinator's job. And as we've been discussing this today, Mike Bobo has been elevated. Um, and again, he was in the, you know, in the building, mm-hmm. um, a trusted source. You don't bring in guys, you know, you don't trust, he trust guys in that building. And um, he doesn't have to go outside the building to find his guy, Mike. And Bobo's been a, a very high level offensive coordinator. But you're taking the place of Todd Munkin, who is leaving on a very high note. And I said, I hope this works. I think it will. But I'm not going to dismiss this as, well, it'll work because Kirby just is going to hire Bobo. I think you still have to find the right guy that fits for what you're trying to do. And I think he probably does. They've had these conversations. Mike, who knows how long Bobo may have known about this. And we kept talking about Todd Munkin interviewing for these jobs. Guys, I'm going to tell you this. When you continue to interview for these jobs, you want to go. Todd Munkin could have easily cut this off and said, hey, it's great, NFL, I'll someday be back. He didn't. He kept interviewing, kept interviewing, and we kept saying to ourselves, he's yeah. probably going to leave. And it's funny, a lot of guys hit us up on the text line. You can always tweet us, too, and put him up, C-Dukes. I'm Mike Bell, ATL. But uh, a lot of guys, you know, is talking about, yeah, well, man, Bobo, he should have run what he should have thrown. Should have thrown what he should have run. And all the things which crop up. And I think what, what we talked about earlier, I do think it's a different time in Georgia. Georgia was not a powerhouse. Georgia was a team that always had great players going to the NFL, but because of a stupid penalty, undisciplined play, dumb, dumb coaching, yep. Mark Rick and a pooch kick, things that would just drive you crazy. So every single possession gets magnified. And when a possession is magnified and you get less margin for error, then when you do get a three and out, freaking Bobo. You know? <laughs> so, and look, I'm with you. I, I wanted, I, nobody wanted to see Monk and leave. And, and the thing is, the, the, what will make it hard, and I just said to Carl, and I don't mean because I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just asking the question. What happens if, you know, you get into the first couple of weeks of the season, Carson Beck isn't hyped up. It doesn't live up to the hype. Like, look, look at the quarterbacks Miami went through this year. These guys yeah. are all top of the world. They all stunk. So that's when you're going to get people, the Bobo, you know, that's, that's when the Bobo boo birds are going to come out and say, here we go again. Yeah. So, but, so that's built into it. Yes. Yeah, so he's, you're telling me he's got to be letter perfect. I don't think he's got to be letter perfect in the machine that Kirby's built. But people will always, they'll always be doubters about Bobo. All right. And, and, and listen, I'm just a big proponent on the guys you hire matter. These elite programs, you just don't substitute guys in and go, ah, well, we'll keep it rolling. The guys you – because here's why. Kirby trusted Todd Munkin wholeheartedly, Mike, to mm. do what he needed to do offensively. Doesn't mean that he didn't know what he was doing. Didn't mean that he didn't know the game plan. Didn't, didn't know the play calls. But I'm trusting you so that I can do the things that I need to do as a head coach. That's why these hires are so important. And when you start talking about Alabama and how they've maintained this, I got to bring in a guy that I go, you've got that. Handle that, and so I can handle my business. 404-741-0929. More on the dogs coming up. Connor Riley's going to join us. Turtle behind the glass, our engineer. Bo Morgan is executive producing. Let's hit some headlines. Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell. 
What happened last night, man? What happened, no. what happened last night with the Hawks? Bro, I mean, look, apparently if uh, the uh, the Charlotte Bobcats played us every night, <laughs> Hornets or the hell there, those guys would those guys would be the NBA champions. It's we looked like. I mean, I felt like I was waiting to see Dan Issel and the Kentucky Colonels come out against Dr. J and the you know, Kevin Lockery coach, New York Nets. Yeah, this was an old AP. They should have played with a red, white, and blue basketball because it wasn't a lick of defense last night. Painful. And you lose. You score that many points and you still lose by six. And then I heard Trey. I heard in the update that you sound by Trey like, yeah, man, that's probably too many points. You think? <laughs> Chris. Turtle texted us last night. Was that the first quarter or was it the second quarter? Was I, whenever. First quarter. Chris says, dude, Hawks are on pace to give up a buck 48. And I was yeah. like literally eating dinner. And I'm going, oh, come on. That's ridiculous. And then I turned the game on. And I'm like, he's not lying. They gave up 144. I mean, you scored 138 points and lost. I know it was on the road, but I mean, this Lonzo Ball, he had a crazy career days against the Hawks. <laughs> he does. He actually lives up to the hype when he plays us. This one was really tough to watch. And John Collins didn't play, and DeAndre Hunter was banged up. So here S- we go again. Sadiq Bay, though, yep, shot, did get the, it. shot the ball well. Yeah. I thought he looked now, really good. Now, there was some time where, just like you saw going on with Kyrie. In Dallas with Luca, it's like me, you, you, me. Sadiq Bay's gonna have to build chemistry. It doesn't happen overnight, guys, but there were some times when he probably could have taken it to the rack as opposed to passing it too. All right, let's hear Nate. This should be interesting. It was it was a it was not kind of a breakdown, it was a mini breakdown. So just guarding the ball. Uh, you gotta control the basketball. Um, uh, we didn't do a good job of that, which led to breakdowns, uh, those guys getting into the paint, kicking the ball out to the three. And then uh, they're shooting rhythm threes, you know, so it starts with controlling the basketball. Okay. Well, what else, Nate? How about defense? Was that an issue last night? Uh, just we never really established defensively uh, that we could get stops consistently. And, you know, with 21 fast break points, uh, they basically just got to their tempo and uh, were the aggressive team. I mean, yeah, fast break points, but I mean, in every aspect, every facet of the game defensively, you were terrible. Perimeter defense, the Hornets shot 54% from three. That's unbelievable. 20 of 37. I mean, you got to get a hand. The the, the inability, and how many times have we seen this? And they're, I don't want to say bums, but other teams. Guys you never heard of hitting threes because because these guys are still in the NBA, and if you don't get a hand in the genuine proximity of the man, he's going to make the basket. Yeah. Oh, you got to control the basketball. (laughs) That's true. True that. All right. So, yeah, I mean, Mike, I'm looking. Um, Hunter did go for 21 last night. But, again, when when your team scores 138, everybody gets a piece of the action. All right. So, P.J. Washington, he wasn't even his best team at Kentucky. He wasn't the best guy at Kentucky when he played there. He was a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. But that's a guy most NBA fans, if I threw him at you, you might not know. He went four for six beyond the arc last night, right? Longtime NBA star Gordon Hayward. He scored last night from beyond the arc, Mike. Shot the ball really well, 4-5. But Dennis Smith, if you love the Wolf Pack last night, if you didn't see it, 5 of 8 from the field. This is what we're talking yeah. about. And then Terry Rozier just loves to play us. Right. Right? He just loves to play. I think it's personal with him. I don't know what the deal is. He just likes to take it to us, but he ate us up again last mm-hmm. night. His averages on the season, he's averaging 21 a game. Yeah. And he had 30-plus against us the last time. Last night he had 29. I mean, these guys, I mean – 
If they played us every night, they would be the highest-scoring team in the NBA. It's just This is the stuff that drives you crazy. I heard Trey in the comments afterwards. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, I'd love to hear some of that DeJounte stuff we heard earlier in the year where this is uh, somebody on this team said this is unacceptable. Mm. I haven't heard, heard from DJ in a while. What do we care? Hey, All-Star break's a few days away. I'll be on the beach for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. They basically just got to their tempo. Yeah. yeah. Hey, defense. That's I the know. other guy's job. I shoot the ball. See you on the beach. Okay, real quick. And I know we got other stuff to get to. And we're going to talk about the NFL and our blitz coming up here in 10 minutes. Uh, we'll let you hear more on Alex Anthopoulos, who joined us yesterday to talk about the Braves spring training this week. Pitchers and catchers already there. Do you solely blame a performance last night on coaching? 144 points given up. How do you view this, Mike? How, how does Tony Ressler look at this? I mean, you know what Nate wants. The reason we won, 20, we were 27 and 11 under Nate to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. There was defensive intensity. And I guess, uh, did they tune him out? Do they think they're going to just roll the balls out against Charlotte, knowing fairly well they've already taken two out of three going into last night? I don't get this. To me, this is a collapse across the board. Nobody did their job defensively. And look, you can argue, what's Nate supposed to do? Well, I mean, they're not doing what he wants them to do. He wants defense. You know what I saw the other night? How about you, you give me like, give me 30 minutes of hell. Go Nolan Richardson. Full make, press. Make the, put all the bums out there. Start all the second team and do that for a quarter and they can learn from that and we get back to our normal nonsense. Full court press for 30 minutes. <laughs> well, go, well, it's the NBA. Give me 12 minutes of hell. <laughs> all right. We're going to talk more about our Hawks, guys, uh, we're on the struggle bus. Up, it's it's, it's, it's the definition it of mediocrity. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Don't let low t- testosterone keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live, live well. Lots of NFL news to get to, including Todd Munkin leaving Georgia to go to the Ravens. But there are other hires that have happened today. We'll tell you about them next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.